Change my mind. We're doing a Monday show after all. Derek Sharp going to sum up the weekend for you here on Bulls Beat. Originally had plans to be out of town on Sunday night, but we're at home. And listen, there was a lot that went on over the weekend. You're going to hear some fun highlights from the baseball team's win against Memphis on Saturday. And we'll tell you all about what happened Saturday night. And that was the win for the tennis team in the war on I-4 men's, that is. Women fell at home to UCF, which we told you had the best team in the conference, and that proved out to be the case. But the drama over in Lake Nona and the importance of it will sum up for you. We'll also tell you a new member on the women's basketball team. Track and field was in action this weekend as well. Men's golf had its last outing of the regular season, and the women are playing in the conference tournament. We've got all that for you kind of giving myself a half day if you will normally on mondays we do a full separate around the american today what we'll do is we'll tuck it at the end of the hour like we usually do on wednesday and friday it'll be about a seven minute or so show there was of course baseball and softball this weekend along with tennis we will start off speaking of what happened sunday over in lake nona not quite in orlando officially the usda national center is kind of a nice little stop on the way to the UCF area and the Bulls took down the Knights. Now, got to mention this. It's all right. Knew it was coming earlier in the day with the women's tennis team for UCF winning in Tampa. The Warren I-4 trophy again points total was clinched by the Knights. However, for some reason, they weren't exactly celebrating uh, later on in the day because the men's tennis team had lost to the Bulls in what was really a must win if you wanted to feel good about the Bulls going into the conference tournament. Now it's almost certain that they won't have to win it and that they will get an NCAA at-large bid. They were not in that range. In fact, they were not close to being in that range. They were below 500 after losing to a top 50 team VCU. They lost three straight matches to ranked teams. Now TCU, they're number one in the country, so that was no big deal. Then they got beat by the top squad in the conference, SMU, in Dallas on March the 20th. Then they came back home and lost to Virginia Commonwealth 4-3. Amazingly, that was their fifth 4-3 loss in their nine losses, 8-9 and nine below 500 at the time. Now, their computer ranking, because of their opponents, was in the mid-50s, which is fine, but you have to be above 500 in order to get an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. And right around 500 is probably not going to cut it unless you just had the most incredible schedule. Well, the Bulls had a very good one, but not NCAA tournament bid likely. What have they done since then? They beat 50th-ranked Cornell at home. Then, as we told you, they had four matches in a row against conference foes all on the road. They took Tulane down on April 1st. A week later, they shut out Wichita State. Then the big one, last Sunday, and we harped on it on Monday's show, beating Tulsa, yes, it was 4-3, to three, and then doing the same on Saturday by that slimmest of margins, 4-3, to three, against a top-50 UCF team, the Bulls improved to 13-9 on the season. Started off by, of course, winning the doubles point, and I say of course because it's just become that way for the Bulls, and the ironic part is, as in 22 matches, their record is 13-9, they've won 16 doubles points, and if you're not familiar with the scoring in college tennis, you have three doubles team, your best, your second best, your third. And whichever of the two schools gets that second set victory gets the doubles point. It counts for just one, but it's always important because you have one doubles point. That's where you start. And then you have six singles matches. And so if you win the doubles point in order to get the overall victory, first team to four points 
you just have to split the six singles matches. If you lose the doubles point, you have to take four of six, which if your opponent is weak, it's probably not a big deal. But if your opponent is strong, yeah, you're just trying to do everything you can to win the doubles point. And the wild part for the Bulls in this five-match winning streak, their number one doubles team, which was at one point ranked top 10 in the country, Rithvik Bolapalli and Bruno Oliveira, has not won a set. It's been the other guys winning every single time. The only exception was Tulsa, and the Bulls would win the four singles matches that they needed to take down the Golden Hurricane. So that has been a really, really strange, but hey, they'll take it kind of element to this winning streak. In fact, Balaperi and Oliveira lost to Trey Hildebrand and Bogdan Pavel 6-1. But the Bulls' number two doubles team of Ivan Yatsuk and Chase Ferguson won 6-1, and the number three doubles team won 6-2. That's Alvin Todorica and Sergio Gomez Montesa. So pretty big during this streak. And incidentally, that doubles duo at the number one spot for UCF is 7-1, and one, all in the number one spot, so no shame there. So out to singles. Again, you want to get to four points overall. The Bulls are leading one nothing, so they have to win three singles matches. And they took the first set in three of them. Ivan Yatsuk, who was just the American Athletic Conference Player of the Week last week, won his first set. So did Sergio Gomez Montesa at number five and Bruno Oliveira, the transfer from South Carolina at number six. They would all win their matches, but there was plenty of drama in and around there. And of course, UCF would win the other three matches. The first one that got completed was at number one singles. Yatsuk defeats Leighton Cronier 7-5-6-3. So the Bulls were up 2-0. But Alvin Todorica, who had won his last 14 in a row, was actually facing the only top 100 player on either side, Trey Hildebrand, who has been, after struggling to gain points in the top spots, slid down to the number four spot. So really not the normal number four opponent for Todorica. A guy ranked 90th in the country beats him 6-4-7-5, so UCF's in the match. Now while this is happening, it's clear how the number two and number five matches are going. Number two was going in favor of UCF, number five, the Bulls, Sergio Gomez Montesa defeats J.C. Roddick, 6-3, 6-4. So yes, the Bulls were up 3-1 to and just had to win one more match. But it looked like Chase Ferguson was going to fall at the number two spot. He did, 6-3, 6-4. So the Bulls had an advantage in the other two matches with Antonio Munoz winning his second set at number three singles and up a break, two love in the third. Meanwhile, Bruno Oliveira had won his first set and then was on serve in the second set. So you were kind of hoping that Oliveira would just come back and win that second set. And if not, okay, Muniz is up. But it didn't happen that way as Oliveira would lose his second set to Quinn Snyder 7-5. And then meanwhile, over on the number three court, Bogdan Pavel gets back on serve. And you're saying, okay, well, let's see if Tony can take down Pavel on number three, and if not, all eyes go to number six. Well, the number three match went to a tiebreaker, and Pavel really got out to a big lead of 4-0 and beat Muniz 7-2. Fortunately, Oliveira had gotten up a break in his third set. He was leading at three love and was able to hold serve. Snyder made it 5-3 and, of course, was trying to break Oliveira's serve, but he holds firm, and what a story he has been. I was there very early in the season when the Bulls lost 4-3 to FAU, which, by the way, is still ranked in the mid-40s. The Bulls' 40th. They will be even higher when the new computer rankings come out. 
but in that one, Oliveira had won his first set six love. The Bulls had taken the doubles point and looked like they were going to win. They had two match points on separate courts that they didn't convert. And in the end, Oliveira was the final match and lost with everyone watching 9-7 at tiebreakers. So we fast forward to the end of the regular season and obviously everyone watching with Warren I-4 at stake and a critical win for the Bulls at stake. And he comes through taking the set, holding serve at 5-3 with an ace to win it. So what does this mean? Why is this one of the more critical wins of the year? Other than the obvious, beating your rivals on their home courts, you also pretty much lock up at NCAA tournament bid. I don't see any way it won't happen for the Bulls. They jump into the top 40, I'm sure, when the new rankings come out midweek. They're 40th coming in, and they'll get the favorable seed for the conference tournament. As we're taping this, the seedings haven't been announced. Eight teams play in the American in men's tennis, and SMU all but certainly will get the number one spot, followed by Memphis. The Bulls have to get the number three spot. They just beat the fourth and fifth best ranked teams on their home courts, Tulsa and then UCF, and the bottom three in some order will be, if I'm guessing right, Tulane, Wichita, and Temple. In fact, I think it'll be in that order, but we'll find out. Men's golf, we told you they were playing in a difficult tournament, and we also told you that They just haven't had that result they're looking for. They have only had one top five finish in the spring, and it was their very first event. And this one, granted a stacked event, the Bulls settled for 11th place out of 15 teams. Albin Bergstrom ended up shooting three rounds under par, six under par total, just missed out on an eighth top 10 finish. He was in 12th place. So we'll get with the guys this week before we head out of town to Cincinnati and set up this weekend's event that the Bulls are hosting as far as the conference tournament. They won it last year. And Coach Bradley will be honest with me as far as do they need to win this. I think right now they're going to be on the good side of the bubble for making the NCAA tournament. But more important, forget about getting in. They want to do something once they get in. And right now, again, no top 10 finishes all year long. This event had four of the top five schools in the country, and the number one team, Oklahoma, did win it. 31 under par, and again, the Bulls were 9 over, so there is definitely a gap there. Check out GoUSFBulls.com for all the scoop on the newest member of the women's basketball team. She is a guard, 5'11", from Finland, Jeanette Arneo. Her team, Helsinki Basketball Academy, making its league's semifinals for the first time in that academy's history, and she's one of the leaders, 15 points, 5 rebounds, roughly 3 assists. Recently, in the FIBA Under-16 European Championships, she averaged 15.5 points a game, 4 assists, and nearly 4 steals. Nearly had a quadruple-double against Albania again. Head to GoUSFBulls.com for all the details there. Well, baseball, we won't give you many details of the game on Friday. We told you that you know losing the first game to the Memphis Tigers, who they came into the weekend tied for last place in the conference with, was no harm because of their one good starting pitcher. Well, they had chances to score against the variety of pitchers that they faced, all lefties on Friday. Here's the only highlight you really need to hear to sum up the frustration of what was taking place. Three to two with two outs in the bottom of the fourth. Runners on second and third. Oh, get through the middle. Oh, it's scooped by the second baseman. Great play. And he makes the out. Are you kidding? That ball was shot up the middle, and Baskin takes it on a high hop. The throw is the easy part, but the Bulls stay behind. Tell you something, if that doesn't happen, if Matt Ruiz's shot goes up the middle, they win that game. But Memphis was just getting those things that when you see throughout the course of the game, a team get, 
breaks here and there and had some key hits as well. I got to mention that. You just know it's not going to be your day. The Bulls leave 12 on base. Memphis wins it 7-3. They put it away with a two spot in the seventh. The Bulls scored those three runs, but in each of the three innings where they scored a run, they would leave two on base. The killer was the third inning when they got to within 3-1 to one on a Carmine Lane single, a Jackson Mayo walk, and a Ruiz RBI single. First and third, two within 3-1, to one, nobody out. Roberto Pena strikes out. Daniel Cantu pops up. A lot of pop-ups on the next pitch. And then the next pitch, a fly out by Joaquin Monquet. Pena, in conference play, is 1-for-24 with 17 strikeouts. He did not play on Saturday. And boy, was the lineup different. You had, at the bottom of it, three guys who really had just in drips and drabs shown us things. Of course, Bobby Boza with the power. Jared Eaton, who just had not been able to replicate the magic of last year. And Sonny Rayo. Oh, did Sonny come through on a sunny day as the Bulls again fell behind 2-0. They had not led all weekend long. Rayo golfs it. It's going towards left field. Could it possibly get over the head of the center fielder? It does! Wow, it can happen! It gets booted around out there. Eaton is going to score. And Rayo is going to have a triple, and we're tied. The moment we've been waiting for. Wilson... Again, kind of the same thing that was going on with Mayo. Looked like he had it, and it went over his head. I don't see any wind at all. I don't care. We are tied. First hit of the day for the Bulls. Plates two. Mayo drilled it to the left field gap, and you're thinking, just please get over the guy's head. Four once. That would be followed up by the Carmine Lane RBI single for the lead, the first lead of the weekend, and Lane was not through doing things in this game. Here are some of the other highlights with a little bit of mayo sprinkled in on top. You've seen him crank out a few home curveballs. Got six homers this year. Hit one last weekend in New Orleans. There's another one, and he drills into it. It looks like it's going to fly out of here, and it does! Jackson Mayo pats himself on the helmet. He knew what was coming, and so did the Bulls' bullpen because it was coming their way. A three-run jack for Jackson, and it's 7-2. to Now Tanner, and that is golf to lane. Just got to step on third for one. Could it be another double play? Yeah! Strong throw and a second double play ball. Everything going the Bulls' way today. That is the second inning ending. Play started by Carmine Lane. 8-2, nobody out still, bottom eight. Lane drills it, looks like it's headed for a fourth hit. They're gonna send Eaton around, and it's a decent throw, but he'll be safe. Carmine Lane, four for five, all four hits, RBI singles. Not bad, and it's nine to two. Yikes, Carmine Lane. Speaking of fours, 44 ribs for him. We highly anticipate Carmine Lane being on the American Athletic Conference weekly honor roll. He actually has player of the week type offensive numbers, but generally a team that only goes one and three is not going to get those honors bestowed. We'll do more on the baseball team, including uh, the pitching situation and who's hot and who's maybe not. But we will tell you, if you missed it after the game, and I kind of knew this was coming, unfortunately, the headline, not good update is Jack Jaciak has been shut down for the season. He's had a shoulder injury, 
and there was hope that he might be ready for the conference tournament, but it's not going to happen. Also, Drew Brutcher, you notice was not in the lineup the last two days, is going to be out about a month with a lower body injury. Ben Rosenblum, who has missed the last week, is going to be out another couple at least with a foot injury. And also Nick Gonzalez got hit by a pitch in the game on Friday and will be out for just a little bit. Could play if they needed him on Tuesday, but I think the Bulls are fine with Keanu Jacobs at short and or Matt Ruiz, who they moved to short with Bobby Bozer playing second. If you want to hear that game get replayed, the Memphis win on Saturday, we're doing it plenty. And again, the conference stuff at the end of the hour will tell you what's going on and where the Bulls sit in the league. Head to GoUSFBulls.com for full details on track and field. They were split up into two events in California and Gainesville over the weekend. Several top 10 finishes in school history. And they'll do it again this weekend with one set of student athletes going to Philadelphia and the other headed to Jacksonville. And we told you about the addition to the women's basketball team you know that Caleb Murphy is entering the transfer portal. Found it interesting over the weekend that he is visiting Memphis. In fact, posted something on social media about it. I don't know if you uh, have the ability to do this, but I, it definitely stood out to me, as I said on Twitter, at the end of the men's basketball game between the Bulls and the Tigers this year, how this was in Tampa, Penny Hardaway you know, was shaking everybody's hand, and then once it got to Caleb Murphy, it was about a three- or four-second chat. I'm sure he was a big fan of his and, well, might be a big enough fan to have him be the new Memphis Tiger, but we'll keep an eye on that. That's going to wrap it up for Bulls Beat on Monday. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Again, we'll hear from head coach Ashley Fisher of tennis, give you an update on women's golf, and preview the baseball game against FAMU. I'm Derek Sharp.